the book of Genesis, chapter 1, the first chapter of the Bible, the first five verses, and then verse 31. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God, or a spirit from God, swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. When God saw that the light was good, uh, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And then several more days occurred, lots more creative activity, and God summarized it this way. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. A reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, reflecting that first verse of Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'm going to stick my skinny neck out on uh, many, many subjects uh, this, uh, this morning by making some bold predictions. And because it's still fairly close to the beginning of the year and you're not yet tired of allusions to the fact that it's 2020 and we're going to have perfect vision and all that stuff this year, I'm going to use that terminology this morning. My bold prediction, my first one, is that 2020 is going to be the best year ever for Riverside Presbyterian Church. That's pretty bold, don't you think? Yeah, oh, whatever. So now i got to dig myself out of the hole I just threw myself into. I am predicting that a whole series of marvelous things are set to happen.
happen here. We are going to continue, and for the next several weeks, about seven of them after today, we're going we're gonna to do some more revisioning and visioning and thinking about where we are as a church and where we want to go. And that's going to be the subject matter of our worship services for several weeks in these first two months of the year. We're going to take a close look at who we are and where we're going. We are going to expect that when we develop these grand visions for who we are as a church and continue to be, that the time, the talent, and the treasure is going to show up that will support us in the work that we do. We have been tallying up your pledges and all those sorts of things along the way, and money is one thing, and time is another thing, and skills are another thing. And we're going to look at those, and we're going to see where we are, and we're going to believe that everything we need to do the work that God has given us to do here in this place is going to show up. Not only that, but the pastor nominating committee is going to continue to work, and they're going to get even busier. And I know when I say that to those of you who are on the PNC, you're almost ready to go Getting busier than we already are, but you're going to get busier. They're going to get busier. And they are going to identify a new pastor for this congregation in record time. Yeah. So keep praying for them, all right? And somewhere along the way, I'll run, probably literally, off into the sunrise, and my work will be done here. Not just yet, however. Don't worry, or don't get too excited. So those are some bold predictions, and, and I'm, I'm going to stand by them. There is a condition to these predictions, however, and the condition has to do with that reading from John's record of the gospel. The condition is, if, if we believe and live what John says there in the 14th verse of that chapter, these things will come to be. So what's that 14th verse? And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. That is a core belief say something is the central belief is always a little bit risky because there are so many kind of central beliefs. But when we think about what God is doing in the world and what God has done in the world, one of the core beliefs is that God didn't just sit up wherever God sits and tell us what to do, but God came to live in our neighborhood. God became one of us and lived among us to show us the way to obedient lives. And that has transforming value for us when we apply it to our lives, as individuals, as families, as congregations, and all the rest. Just to say that it's true doesn't make a difference. But when we say it's true for us, then we are transformed by that reality. So what's the big deal about this familiar passage? It is the traditional, mundane reading for the second Sunday in Christmas, which also happens to be the 12th day of Christmas this year. And so it comes up in the lectionary. 
Sometimes we use it on Christmas Day too, but, uh, but here it is in uh, Christmas 2, the second Sunday of Christmas. John, of the four gospel writers, John writes later. He's had time to read and to see what's been going on in the world in the name of Jesus and to reflect. Mark, which is probably the first of the records, was all about just getting the information down. And immediately, and immediately, and immediately. Uh, Mark's, you can't keep up with Mark. Mark goes so fast. Uh, and uh, the other ones have different targets. But John has had time to stop and to reflect and to think not only about what Jesus did, but what it means. So he's had the time to process what it means that God came in human form to be a part of our world. And so this first chapter is a fine exposition of the eternal nature of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. The Greek word for that is logos, right? And logos is quite often used to mean Jesus. So in the beginning was the logos, the Word. So John is saying something about Jesus' eternal nature. And, and, and the Word was there from the beginning. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through Him. So when God wanted to create the world, what did God do? God spoke. God used words. And creation jumped into being. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The Logos, or the Word of God, or Jesus, was there at the beginning and powered the Big Bang, or however you see creation happening. It wasn't, and then it was. Spoken by God into being. And I kind of envision John, and, and the pictures you see of John uh, are of an older gentleman who's had time to sit and reflect and usually has really, really white hair and big beard and all that stuff. And, uh, and he's, he's sitting there thinking. And, and I think of John getting more and more excited about what he's writing. When he, when he comes to realize the truth of the message that he's conveying, he gets more and more worked up as he goes on. <clears throat> he came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of human will, but of God. These people became adopted children of God. Wait a minute, wait a minute, John says, as he, he pulls on his long hair and, and pulls on his beard. Wait a minute, that means, that means the word, God, Jesus, Logos, became flesh and lived among us. And we, people, have seen his glory, glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace, and truth. Can you see John get excited about that as he comes to that realization? God lived next door, physically on earth. Eugene Peterson likes to translate this by saying, God 
pitched his tent in our backyard. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? My contention is that any year, any year, any day, any minute, we believe that and live it in our own lives as disciples of Jesus, it becomes the best year, the best minute, the best time ever when we come fully to that realization of how God is a part of our daily existence. And I want to kick off this year because the, the uh, Jaguars are no longer, longer kicking off, so I thought I would. Uh, I want to kick off this year by encouraging us to be rocked by that truth. This is not going to be a year of business as usual. This is not going to be a year of twiddling our thumbs and waiting around to see what will happen next. It's going to be a year of making stuff happen around here. The kind of usual picture that comes uh, is what I like to call that Midwestern nice uh, problem or attitude. Uh, how many Midwesterners here besides me? You want to climb your heritage? Uh, so uh, I just spent a couple of days in New York, which is not the Midwest, by the way. No, kind of the western part of New York is. But, uh, so this doesn't happen in New York. But when, when you go to my hometown and there's a four-way stop and two cars get there at the same time, nobody ever moves because they're waiting for the other person to move. No, no, you go. No, 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 you go. No, no. So, and they can do that. For, for minutes. I know, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But it's, that, that's, that's what happens sometimes when, when we're waiting for things to happen rather than making them happen. I am going to try to paint a picture over the next uh, few weeks and months of God waiting on us and prodding and pulling and saying, go, 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 go. Let's get this done. Let's move on. Let's have a great year. We have every resource necessary for the work that God is calling us to do already. Um, I know we've got an administration and finance meeting and a budget team meeting this week. And we have to take all of the figures and all of the, the, the promises that you all have made and try to put them in to the, a reasonable budget sort of a thing. But I'm operating on the assumption on the belief that we have all the resources necessary already to accomplish what we need to accomplish. And the most important thing is that God is already here in five points. We don't have to invite God into this place. God's already here. We just have to begin to act and live and to form our lives around the fact that we in this thing by ourselves, as Emily reminded the children that God's already here. God's already moved into our neighborhood. And we have to live like we believe that to be the case. So we are looking in the next few months, not for folks who are just going to kind of sit back and twiddle our thumbs and waiting to see what might happen next, but rather we are looking for bold energizers because those folks are here as well. And here's another personal commitment that I will make, is that I will, I will keep doing my best to prod you along the way. 
And yes, I did make note in one of the articles that I wrote that I do have a cattle prize. It is in my office. I will show it to you if you want me to. And I will get it out if I need to. I will take what I've learned and experienced so far in my life and my work and lead you in being prepared for what's next here in the life of this congregation. And we're not going to wait until what's next shows up. The best is already here. It might be better that's coming, but we already have the best here. So, just like you've humored me by wearing your Jags outfits, many of you, I want you to humor me and act as if this is the best year ever at Riverside Presbyterian Church. Because I believe it is. And it will be. Because we are taking seriously the work that God has given us to do. And we're looking forward to the Jags being in the Super Bowl, not next month, but next year. Wait till next year. We can say that now. I say as if, and you can't see this, but I put it in quotes, so I'll do air quotes. Uh, act as if this is the best year ever. Because I don't believe we need to put that in air quotes. We can, we can truly believe that. Because God is already here. God has done and will continue to do God's part. And that's the part that really excited old John. And the same truth when I get the time to stop and think about that passage again, like the first or the second Sunday in Christmas gives me the opportunity, it cranks me up again big time. It gets me all excited about the work that I do and that we will do together. So I invite you to get ready for the best year ever so far. You've had a lot of great years that have gotten you to this point. And I don't want to, I don't want to downplay any, any one of them, or any of them at all. But this can be our best year ever. And there's a lot riding on our efforts over the next few months. And I'm going to be busily prodding us along the way as we do the work that we need to do joyfully, hoping for the reward, because our goal is that, yes, we're going, to have, we're going to have a clear vision in the year 2020, and it's going to propel us into 2021, because when we recognize that God is living in our midst, every single year that we have to serve God is what? It's the best year ever, and that's what we're preparing for, so that we can continue to have great years doing the work that God has called us to do as disciples of Jesus Christ at work in our world. Thanks be to God for this challenge and for this word from Jesus Christ. Amen.